Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to Caravan into the night uh, with myself Muhammad Fasih Peterson standing in Fubadesu Fisher this evening as we take you on a journey into the night. Once again, Assalamualaikum, and of course, this is Caravan into the Night, right here on the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Studio. Beautiful lineup, beautiful program we have planned for you this evening, taking up until the midnight hour. And of course, don't forget to send us SMS's 47913 during the program, and ask your questions for our first guest in the studio. And also, don't forget to sit back, relax, Monday's behind you, and stay tuned to the Caravan into the Night. The Monday evening and you tune to Caravan into the night on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo. This evening, first hour of our program uh, is looking at the night surgery and we invite you already to send in your messages on 47913. Your questions for Dr. Kana who will be joining us in studio this evening. And of course, uh, between uh, nine, between 10 and 11 rather, it's our hospital hour. So I invite you once again. Also for those people not feeling so well, um, let's send us a message and let's uh, make them feel good as well inshallah i mean between 11 and 12 requests and dedications so don't forget also those people whose birthdays you perhaps couldn't attend the birthday parties for those people who are having the anniversaries celebrated in this month uh send them a message on the number 47913 but that's a little bit late inshallah uh and my guest in studio for the first hour is of course uh, a regular guest and someone who's walked a very long path with uh, this program night surgery and that is of course uh, professor Kala. professor assalamu alaikum and welcome once again to the studio Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Professor, of course, the even, this evening the uh, lines are open on the number f- 021 and of course 47913. Uh, this evening we're speaking once again about general medical questions. Anything uh, that uh, you would like to ask the professor, he's in studio this evening. And also don't forget that when you're sending in your SMSs, age, weight and uh, gender. gender gender inshallah so age weight and gender uh, make that specific so that professor can get a better idea of exactly where you are in terms
terms of whatever health issue you may present. Uh, Professor, this evening, of course, also is uh, uh, we're celebrating still Human Rights Day, inshallah. And an inalienable right of, of every human being is the access to uh, good health care, alhamdulillah. So I think this goes a long way as a community radio station also to providing that service to perhaps give people. Uh, Access to a service uh, that they can, uh, you know, make use of, inshallah, in helping to better their lives, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, and that's I think a plus in favor of uh, VOC. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. <coughs> Professor, this evening also um, we look at, uh, as I mentioned, general medical questions. Um, but is there a specific topic that pr- uh, Professor would like to start off with? Something that um, w- would need uh, focus on this evening. <laughs> uh, there's so many things, Fasikh. Uh, uh, maybe we can talk about strokes. Mm. And, you know, the thing that people don't understand about strokes is that it's uh, essentially uh, a loss of blood supply to an area of the brain. And because the brain is so vast and it has so many functions, depending on which area of the brain is affected, you'll find a loss of function in that area. Now, the commonest uh, site where you have a stroke involves the what we call the middle cerebral artery and that is an artery that supplies blood to an area of the brain where all the nerve fibers come together for the arms and the le- uh, for the arms and the legs and to some extent the face and that is why when a person has a stroke you'll find that they become paralyzed and it's usually on the opposite side of the brain Uh, But essentially it means that the blood supply to the brain was affected, very similar to the way that you get a heart attack. So in terms of strokes, the same way that we work so hard to prevent heart attacks, we apply the same principles to prevent strokes. So it's lifestyle, diet, smoking, cholesterol, control of blood pressure, control of sugar. Those are the main factors that come in for both of these situations. And doctor, if we're looking at strokes, um, obviously we always have a uh, specific uh, age in mind in terms of where people would uh, generally uh, start to look at uh, where they would become vulnerable to strokes. But can it occur in younger people? In Absolutely. That you see, as you were speaking, I was just going to say, don't make that mistake because it can occur in any age. The only thing is that if it's in younger people, then we think of different causes to when it's an older person. So the most common situation where we see it is in older people. And in those people, the process is called atherosclerosis, which means that cholesterol is depositing on the inside of the artery. And if you think of the artery like a hose pipe, then it's like mud that is depositing on the inside and eventually it becomes clogged. In younger patients, the causes are very different. And one of the commonest causes would be a heart valve that is defective and as a result the blood flow is not the way it should be and then you get a small clot that gets shot off. And it's usually on the left side of the heart and that is why it tends to go to the arteries. And depending on which which artery is involved, it'll either affect the brain or the arm or the leg. And that is how you get gangrene, for example, in the legs. It's a similar phenomenon that is involved. And, and if we look at strokes uh, overall in terms of the treatment uh, now, this is something that generally we know about the causes, uh, in, in, we understand the causes now, but uh, looking at how it is treated, uh, is there a specific method of treatment applied to Okay, so the, the main treatment is aimed at preventing another stroke. There's no treatment we can give for the stroke that has already occurred. 
and time is the best healer, alhamdulillah. So depending on the extent of damage to the brain will determine the interval required for the brain to make recovery. Unfortunately, nervous tissue is the slowest healing, whereas skin tissue is the fastest healing. So, for example, if you cut yourself, you'll find within a day or so, <laughs> you know, it's all better. Uh, whereas when it comes to the brain, it can take months and sometimes years before there's recovery. And the longer the period before recovery, the less likely recovery is possible, unfortunately. Uh, and then also, Doctor, if we look at um, strokes in terms of the kinds of foods that would lend itself to um, putting a person in that the category of vulnerable people to strokes and to, and to um, heart attacks also. Yeah, look, so, you know, in terms of diet, obviously, we're talking about people who have diabetes who must control the sugar intake. That's the most important thing. Uh, when we talk about cholesterol, then we're saying to avoid foods that are high in cholesterol. So you should reduce the amount of eggs that you eat per week. Uh, reduce the amount of red meat that you eat per week. Uh, exercise more. Don't get overweight. Those are all the sort of lifestyle kind of things, uh, you know, that will determine that. To what extent they work exactly for Sikh is also questionable. Because these are things that happen over a period of time and it can take a very long time before, you know, we realize all of these effects. So if you look at people who get the strokes in the in the sense that we're talking about, it's usually in the late 50s, early 60s. So there's a lot of events that have happened before that that have led to that. Do you follow? Yes. Another very important thing is to stop smoking. There's no question about that. And also, Doctor, if we look at smoking, how important is it? Because there are people who argue, you know what, if I smoke, it goes in my lungs and out of my lungs. How does it affect me getting a stroke? Or okay, so the effect is not directly related to the smoke that you inhale. The effect is related to the nicotine content. And a lot of people don't understand that. And it's the nicotine that has all the secondary effects in terms of the vascular disease. So one of the things that nicotine does is that it causes spasm in the blood vessel. And when there's spasm, then there's reduced blood supply. So if you have a blood supply that is already compromised and now you have spasm, then you're going to get ischemia and you're going to get an attack. You follow? Indeed, indeed. The voice of uh, Dr. Kala. Dr. Kala is in studio this evening in the night surgery and your questions are welcome on the SMS line 47913 or you can call us up 021-442-353 if you have a general medical question you'd like to ask uh, the professor. He's in studio this evening. We're going to go for a break and when we come back we'll have more for you. Stay tuned on VSC in Caravan. The voice of the king. Welcome back to Caravan, right here on The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. And in studio, uh, we have uh, Dr. Carla in our program, The Night Surgery, uh, where we uh, answer all your medical questions. Number to call, 21 or SMS us on 47913. And uh, yeah, uh, also, uh, we're getting some SMSs here, people getting uh, a little uh, nostalgic about the Caravan theme this evening. A uh, very interesting story this on the website, but I'll share that with the listener a little bit uh, later on inshallah i mean uh professor we're speaking about strokes uh this is the, the theme of the program but obviously any general medical questions are welcome um when we look at strokes in terms of uh, um as we mentioned now lifestyle as how important is exercise 
uh, for someone who ha perhaps has had a stroke um, in terms of uh, the, the, the recuper recuperation thereof, because Professor mentioned uh, on a cellular level, it takes a longer, pro this longer period of time to regenerate. Okay, so you see the main effect of a stroke is weakness, Fasek. Mm. And if the brain is damaged, you see, when I move my finger, then I've got to get a message from my finger to my brain and then from my brain back to the finger. Otherwise, I can't move the finger. So if the brain as the center is damaged, then whatever messages I'm trying to send won't be able to be received. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. So you can't exercise depending on the extent of weakness. Mm. The main thing is to keep movement as much as you can to prevent the muscles from getting stiff. Okay. Do you follow what I'm saying? So, that's the, so that would be the role of physio in that process? That's right, yeah. Okay. So that is after the stroke has happened. Okay. If we're talking about prevention of strokes, then yes, exercise is very, very important because it controls the weight and it does various other lifestyle good things that will hopefully prevent strokes. Now, you know, you, you're talking so much about lifestyle, but there was a very interesting study that was done on Egyptian mummies. And when they looked at them, they found, in fact, that uh, even at that time, people were getting the changes that we're seeing today causing strokes and heart attacks. Uh, possibly because of the decadence. We of, don't know. Uh, we don't know, you know. But when we talk of lifestyle, then we make it sound as if it's mm. a modern phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That we are doing all the wrong things. Mm. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. So that puts a whole different light on the whole issue of lifestyle. Indeed. indeed. We're not discouraging lifestyle <laughs> changes. Yes. But what we're saying is that it's very complex when you try and look at cause and effect. Yes, yes, Because yes. there's so many different variables that come into play. And invariably, when you'll talk to doctors, they'll tell you it is multifactorial. <laughs> indeed, indeed. You follow? So, 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 so what we're saying also is that um, there is no just one explanation absolutely, for everything. Absolutely. Uh, every case is on its own merit. I mean, you were talking of smoking earlier, and some smokers will tell you, you know, I've been smoking for so many years, I never got lung cancer. Mm. And yet, we know there's such a strong relationship. So, unfortunately, when you look at these things, then they're all about statistics. And they'll say 60% of smokers, just for argument's sake, will develop. But they don't talk about the 40% that don't develop it. Mm. You understand? Mm -hmm. And maybe the research needs to be done on that 40% mm -hmm. that doesn't develop it. Mm -hmm. But all the research gets done on the 60% that do develop it. Also another skewed perception, you follow? Indeed, indeed. Uh, number to SMS 47913, you can call us up 0 to 144233. We received an SMS uh, saying, Salam Professor, I am a 52-year-old female. Uh, weight is 50 kilogram. I used to wear contact lenses for two months instead of one month. I also have cataracts, which are too small to be operated on. My left eye pains and has passed sometimes. What does doctor suggest I do? Shukran for the assistance. Doctor. Okay, so I'm not quite sure I'm understanding it. Uh, contact lenses should be worn all the time. They're basically replacing your spectacles. Okay, okay. Because they're improving your vision. Do you follow? Yes. So wearing it one month instead of two months, I'm not quite sure that I follow that. Mm. Uh, now, when you talk of contact lenses, then these are things that you're taking out and putting back in. So the chances of an infection occurring is very high if you're not going to keep them sterile, if you're not going to handle them properly. And the minute they go into your eye with a bit of infection, then you get a conjunctivitis. So it's all about handling of the lenses. The cataracts are currently, they say, not ripe enough. 
So you have to wait until they ripen, and then, inshallah, if they ripen enough and they can be removed, you might find you don't even need contacts anymore because a lot of your vision is being impaired because of the cataract. Then also, uh, there's another SMS here on the n- number 5028. This one says, uh, um, Saddam to all in studio, 35-year-old female, weight 62. I am on warfarin. Or mm-hmm. for almost two years, blood clot on the right lung developed deficiency of uh, VIT or vitamin B12 rather recently and got injection once weekly. And I have to start injection uh, once monthly. But thus far, no improvement in tiredness. Any advice, Kanala? Okay, so now we have a patient who had a clot in the leg which then spread to the lung. So she's been on warfarin. I think for too long, because most times the recommendation is up to 18 months, you know, for that kind of situation. But it depends on what they found and what was the reason for the clot. And sometimes we need to put them on lifelong warfarin. In terms of the B12 deficiency, sometimes it's due to a problem in the stomach that is not converting the vitamin B12 to the active compound. So when we give the injection, then we're bypassing that whole mechanism. And we don't know when she, you know, started the treatment and what is happening to her hemoglobin. But the most important thing is the hemoglobin. And until the hemoglobin recovers, the tiredness will take time to recover. Once the hemoglobin gets back to the normal level that we like it to be, which in a woman would probably be about 11, 12 grams per liter, uh, then the tiredness will also improve, inshallah. Number to SMS 47913 Next one says Salam doctor 49 years Weight 90 Okay let me just go back to that one uh, For a moment Okay uh, Number to SMS as I mentioned 47913 I do apologize if I have to stop uh, We are getting SMSs coming in all the time So it does refresh quite a bit uh, Let me see if I can just get back to that one Salam doctor 49 years Weight 90 Uh Debit left side from hip right down the leg get burning sensation. What can it be? Sorry, what was the word? Debit. Uh, yeah, well, debit D E B I T. Uh, perhaps it's isthmus language or something else. But what I can understand, what what I'm seeing from here, oh, diabetes, diabetes. But it's uh-huh. uh, it's, it's, it's a short form is debit here. Okay. <laughs> left side from hip right down the leg get yeah. burning sensation. Yeah. What can yeah. it be? Okay, so one of two possibilities. The one possibility is that it's coming from the hip area and around the hip. The other possibility is that it's coming from the spine. And, you know, if it's coming from the spine, then it may be a disc that is being herniated, what we often call sciatica. And I'm sure your GP will be able to work out exactly what the problem is. Inshallah. Shalomin. Uh, next question here says, uh, Saddam, male, 67, got two-stroke left side, can't walk, got pain on side. What can it be, Professor? Shukran Fasih. Okay, so, you see, I'm not sure whether the pain is on the same side as the stroke or on the opposite side. It's unusual to get pain because the same nerves that are causing the motor dysfunction uh, will tend to affect the sensory as well, although sometimes you get a, a disconnect between the sensory and the motor side. Uh, 
if there's pain, one needs to work out whether it's pain or whether it's what we call paresthesia. Paresthesia is a feeling of pins and needles. And that sometimes may mean that the nerves are recovering, and that's a good sign. Uh, if it's pain, then it may be a different problem, and we need to see where the pain is and what the cause of the pain is, uh, Faseh. Number three, SMS 47913. You can call us up also on 0 Next question says, Salams, I'm a single female, age 39, weight 65, had period for two weeks, then after eight days, period again for seven days. I experienced it for the first time. Should it happen again or continuously? Is it normal? Okay, what was the weight, uh, Faseh? Uh, the weight there was uh, 60, 65. 65. Okay, so it's not a particularly overweight uh, female from what I can see. She's age 39. I'm not sure whether she's had any children and what's happening from the point of view of the menstrual cycle in the past. If this is a new phenomenon, it's very unusual and it could either be a local problem within the cervix or within the uterus or it may be a hormonal problem. So I think the best thing is to go and see a gynae. Maybe give it another month and see what's happening, and then you'll be able to see if there's a pattern developing, and that'll often help the gynae to decide whether it's a local problem or whether it's a, a hormonal problem. And then they can do special tests, uh, which, inshallah, will, will tell them exactly what the issue is. Inshallah, inshallah. Uh, next question says, 60-year-old uh, female, 70 kilograms, spinal x-rays one year ago, uh, L4 and L5 space narrowed, pain in left leg, no back pain but leg pains, had physio and doing exercise but still pains when walking. Okay, so the chances there are that the pain is actually coming from around the hip. And the commonest cause for that would be a form of what we call bursitis, which is a type of fibrositis. Uh, and, you know, one can easily make the diagnosis uh, on examination. And it responds very well to injection with cortisone uh, around that area. Okay, and the uh, n- number to call is zero two one double four two three five three. The next question says, Salam Vasikhan Doctor, I'm a 48-year-old male. A weight is 85 kilograms. I'm suffering from dizzy spells. Blood pressure is normal. Heart rate between 90 and 107. Sugar cholesterol is normal. I've done two ECG. Both showed irregular heartbeat. Both doctors not sure what causes dizzy spells. Please advise. Shukran. Okay, so you see there we've already got evidence of what we call an arrhythmia, uh, which means abnormal heartbeats, and they picked that up on the ECG. So now you need to see a heart specialist. He needs to analyze what is the actual arrhythmia. And today, alhamdulillah, there's very good treatments for that. And if that is the cause of the dizziness or the dizzy spells, then by correcting the arrhythmia, inshallah, this patient should do very well. Um, Professor, uh, on the question uh, earlier about that male 67 who got two strokes and he has pain on uh, On on the the side, side. Um, he sent another SMS to say that that pain is on the side of the stroke. Okay, but where is it? In the hip, in the shoulder, in the whole body? Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes, 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 yes. Sometimes it can be in the shoulder and patients after a stroke can develop what we call a frozen shoulder. 
And that can sometimes be painful. So we need to know where exactly the pain is, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. Um, looking at this question, says Saddam, a female, 80 kilograms, diagnosed with fibromyalgia on a semi-vustinit, vustin, is that the correct pronunciation? I don't know if it's symbostatin. Symbostatin, yes. In Rydak, pain left back in line with heart. Complain about this from... Yes, at clinic, but don't seem to get response from doctor. Okay, so some words in here that's... that's okay, but you see, basically now the question is whether the pain is coming from the back. And it would be very unusual, I must say, uh, for that to happen. So the more likely reason is that it's actually coming from the front, but it's radiating to the back. Okay. And it's probably coming from where the rib is attached to the breastbone. And again, if she goes to a GP, a GP will be able to examine her, put some pressure over those points where the ribs are attached. And if you find that it is painful there, then it's most likely uh, the cause of the problem. You can go us up on zero two one double four two three five three or SMS us on four seven nine one three four seven nine one three. Your questions for Dr. Kala, who's in studio this evening, and uh, the night surgery is open still for the next uh, twenty six minutes, inshallah. I mean, also just before we go to the lines, we go back to the SMSs. Professor, once again, I'd like to revisit the topic of stroke, um, as it's a very intrig- intriguing uh, dis- a discussion at, for me at least. Um, if we look at um, when someone has uh, developed a stroke uh, or, or is in the process of developing a stroke what is the proce- what are the processes in the body that come together to uh, create that kind of situation um, wh- what is happening in the body at that time <laughs> <laughs> okay so you you raise a very interesting concept mm. you know uh, when you say in the process of having a stroke mm. Uh, and that is often referred to as what we medically would call a transient ischemic attack, which basically means that there's a, a shortage of blood supply, but for a limited time and not enough time to cause damage to the brain that you have paralysis. Do you follow what I'm yes, saying? Yes, yes. Okay. Now, I don't think that's what you're actually asking. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we've been through the processes, Fasik. We've spoken about lifestyle. Mm. We've spoken about diet. We've spoken about cholesterol. So essentially what is happening is that the the hose pipe is getting blocked. Mm-hmm. Whether it's getting blocked because there's a blood clot that formed because you're forming too much clot, or whether it got blocked because the inside is getting narrowed from the deposit of cholesterol, it really doesn't matter. Basically what's happening is that your hose pipe is blocked. Now the water is not shooting to the garden. Do you follow? Yes, yes, yes. Same thing is happening. Okay. So in terms of, you know, in evolution, there's nothing you can do. The body has nothing that it can do. So in general terms, the body has got mechanisms why the blood doesn't clot, alhamdulillah. And there are processes that are in place that will make sure when you cut yourself, then it must clot. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't clot in the whole system. You follow it? Only yes, clots yes, yes. there where you've cut yourself. Yes. Alhamdulillah. Otherwise, you would be in serious trouble. Indeed. You follow? Indeed. So, I'm not sure what we're getting to, but it's very difficult to say. Mm. And obviously, there's an imbalance somewhere that is actually resulting in that situation. Uh, just just, just before we continue, Professor, we move on into our first call, uh, right. Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, uh, brother. Wa alaikum salam. Doctor. Salam. 
Assalamualaikum salam how are you how are you doctor man alhamdulillah 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 and our, our brother is now a grandfather double trouble <laughs> yes he is indeed yeah yeah um you know why i i was listening to your your just your, a moment ago about the explanation with regard to the clotting and all that right that was piping you know yes and i was wondering you know you could cut it away but intric- intrinsical and explicit and you know def- defined way Allah subhanahu made the body alhamdulillah you know? alhamdulillah it's phenomenal you know it's it's it's, 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 it's i think it's another word besides phenomenal man yes yes you know it's a miracle on its own you know alhamdulillah because alhamdulillah sometimes we take it super granted that we you know uh, and uh, we go through life without even thinking so true it's so true it's so true it's so true you know the fact that you're breathing and, uh, at so many uh, breaths per minute uh, you're not even conscious Allah, of it you know Allah, you know, and your heart is beating and supplying blood wherever it's pain. supposed to go you know it's it's absolutely remarkable alhamdulillah doctor i need to ask you this question yes. you know they say that cancer can be beaten right yes Now, and when I say that it can be beaten, uh, the process that is followed there with the can, is there a particular process that's followed there, or is it up to the extent of the cancer? Uh, most times it's up to the, uh, the extent of the cancer. And our biggest right. problem with cancers is that by the time you present to your doctor with the consequence of the cancer, it's already mm-hmm. at a late stage. Do you follow so ideally we need to pick up that cancer in the process of we were speaking about in the process of a stroke and there's certain cases where we can pick it up early so for example cancer of the prostate by doing a blood test can alert you to the likelihood and then you pick it up and you can cure it cancer of the breast if you feel the breast you feel a lump and you do certain tests you pick it up and you can cure it cancer of the cervix if you go for pap smear regularly they can pick up the change in the cell type mm-hmm. and pick it up early and you can cure it you follow what i'm saying to you I'm, I'm, but I'm, let's I'm take cancer of the cervix you, and by the time been, it presents been, uh, I, 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 i would say uh, um call it a sufferer, but a, a, you know a, a patient of, of, of uh, prostate cancer for a number of years yes yes you know, yes i developed the state where it goes into a, Uh, prostate cancer sure uh, couldn't that have been detected earlier it could have it could have and it depends on whether you went to see a doctor and how alert the doctor was to routine the exactly. feel inside exactly. the rectum do yeah. you follow what i'm saying to you yeah, so it's it's, it's regular, a combination of visits, errors you know? unfortunately uh, regular, regular diarized visits yes and, uh, yes, and, uh, yes. Well, I'm, i'm on about this because yes. I, i tell you what i'm not complaining don't get me wrong no no alhamdulillah I'm, I'm trying to 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 uh, philosophize about uh, it yes not only that but i to to avert uh, any foreseeable kind of uh, you know event taking place sure, that the sure. medical profession can in turn you know, take note yes yes in my yes. particular instance i should have been done two three years ago And only <coughs> for years already no no I, i agree with you and i'm not sure about all the details of the background but yes you're absolutely right yeah. and this is what we try and teach medical students young doctors you yeah know? sure sure i'm sure that there That's are certain things that you need to do yeah well, certain uh, things you need to do routinely like taking the blood pressure checking the blood sugar 
testing the yeah. urine. You know what I mean? Because those are yeah. the kind of places where we can find things that the patient is not even aware of. Initially, and these yeah, are yeah, the yeah, silent, yeah. silent sort of killers. You know, we call them that. So you're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. And I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, uh, don't forget 101 <laughs> 110% I think for you. For you, it's 110% Alhamdulillah. Doctor, the radium treatment yes. initially yes, yes. that has been done, yeah. is that uh, also a means of curing or, or retaining, it, again, retaining it? Again, you see, basically what radium is doing is very similar to what the chemo is doing. I see. So what it's doing is it's destroying the cancer cells. But okay. both of them have the potential to destroy normal cells in the process. Mm -hmm. You follow? So that is why now you'll find with the radium treatment, they actually give a very concentrated dose to a very concentrated area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they're minimizing the damage to the normal tissues. You follow? But yeah. in days gone by, we used to sometimes cause a bit of harm, but for the broader good. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it's always a trade-off between risk and benefit. And what we try and do is to maintain the equation in favor of benefit and to minimize the risk, if we can, to zero. But it's not always possible to minimize it to zero. That period between the, the um, I would say, the radium treatment and the four months lapse in between that and the next time, what is that, uh, I would say, um, um, the reason, the reason for that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you need to speak to your oncologist about that because they'll be able to explain it much better. You know, I'm a layperson when it comes to those kind of things. But I think the reason is because the body is already being subjected to radiation. They probably want to see the effect on your backache. And I must say, the more I'm speaking to you, the more I'm getting the impression that your backache is a lot better than when you first started phoning us. No. Am I uh, wrong? It's gone. <laughs> it's gone worse. In fact. It's gone worse. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I've got left hand side, left hand side. But you know, doctor, I've also. Um, I think I told this once upon a time mm -hmm. that uh, my um, I had a fall. You know. Right. And when I had an X-ray last taken, mm -hmm. uh, this was the result that my vertebra, the bottom of my spine. Mm -hmm. You know, the word obliterated means practically nothing there. Yes. 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 You know, yes, between yes. the the the. the uh, the link is just to see, and uh, but on my left hand side of my of my uh, body, I've got this extra swelling now, okay. and I make certain movements, like, and and it and it it it, it uh, worries me. You see, because right, I can't right. make certain movements, right? And right, uh, right. this is the thing that is yeah. that is not worrying me, but I mean, it slows me down. No, so no, I can, no, no, I can hear that. I can hear that. I can hear that. Yeah, and then uh, what about the amitriptyline? You tried to use it differently? I, I tried it, as you told me, from 6 right, 7 o'clock right. in the evenings. When I did. But I still going to take my, uh, you know, the 25 milligram amitriptyline, yeah. right? Yeah. Against the 500 milligram uh, paracetamol. Yeah. How does that, how does that, how does that uh, you know? No, no, uh, it's them? not. No, no, you can't equate them. Oh. You need to use them I together. See. I take two of those. Yeah. Five hundred. Right. And and, and tramadol. Yeah. That's fine. You so see the tramadol needs tremidol. to the tramadol needs to be used together with the paracetamol. 
And the amitriptyline is totally unrelated. No, no, the the amitriptyline. The amitriptyline you're taking only once a day. What is the yeah, on its own. Whereas the tramadol and the paracetamol you're using as you need, which can be up to three times a day. Do you follow? I see, yeah. So the amitriptyline you shouldn't be taking more than once a day. I see. And um, then after taking that, they're supposed to get some relief of something of sort? No, no, no. I think you're taking it incorrectly. Um, I think, on, uh, Doctor, on that note, uh, we do have some messages that I'd like to uh, still share with you. But yeah, Shukran, so much for your call. We, we do appreciate it, inshallah. Okay, and do call in again, inshallah. Jazakallah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Well, um, we've got some SMSs lined up here. Uh, some people who have uh, very pressing messages also that they would like to get through. Uh, next one, Dr. says, Saddam, uh, Doctor, do you advise the cortisone injection? Where can I go to, to get it? Can my GP be able to help? Okay, so... I don't know, is it one of the previous uh, SMS? No, it's just a standalone SMS. I think this okay, person so feels they need a yeah, cortisone I injection. Think, I think if you're going for the kind of cortisone injections we're talking about, then you should see a rheumatologist. Uh, and there's many of them around in town, Fasih. Indeed. Uh, so um, basically, um, uh, you just need to ask around. Yeah, yeah. your GP should be able to refer okay, you to sure. one. Uh, next one, the doctor says, I am a 44-year-old woman. I have severe heartburn and acid that moves up in my throat, makes my mouth water. I'm scared to eat. What can I use? Should I see a doctor, Shukran? Okay, so they didn't give us the weight. Uh, no, no weight. You know, that's the commonest symptom of a hiatus hernia. And it's often seen in people who are overweight. So the best treatment is to take antacids. And there is a tablet that, you know, your GP could give you. It's called a protein pump inhibitor, uh, a PPI, and it's many different types. But LOSEC is a common one that people use. Uh, and, you know, making sure that you don't eat at night, that you're not lying completely flat. Those are the kind of things that you can do to hopefully improve the symptoms. Uh, Inshallah. The voice of uh, Professor Kana here on the program, Night <coughs> Surgery, in the, on the voice of the Cape caravan program we're going to take a break uh, when we come back we'll be into the final segment of this program still is mrs open four seven nine one three four seven nine one three Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Caravan, right here on the Voice of the Cape. And this is the night surgery doors will start open for the next ten minutes or so. Uh, we've got a question that says, "Salam, doctor, is the flu vaccine available for the winter strain of flu?" Um, now, perhaps this person's asking the question in terms of uh, for the coming winter season, is that already in stock, or uh, perhaps asking if the the flu vaccine uh, from last year, if that vaccine is still available now. Okay, I'm not sure, but Fasikh, uh, uh, in terms of the flu vaccine, but it's probably a bit late now to take the flu vaccine to be, you know, immunized against the flu. The problem with most of these flu vaccines is that they're usually based on the previous year's uh, influenza virus, 
And this virus often mutates a lot. So it doesn't mean that if you take that vaccine that you're going to be immunized against the flu. Okay? Inshallah. And then, Doctor, one, another question here that says, Saddam, I am the 52-year-old female whose cataracts are not ripe yet. Right. I wore contact lenses for 30 years, and right. only recently I switched to spectacles. Right. My left eye pains often. Should I rather go back to wearing contact lenses? Shukran, you know, that might be a question to speak to your either optometrist or ophthalmologist about because it's difficult to be sure what's causing the pain. And yeah, we're going to say the context and maybe nothing to do with the context. Do you follow what I'm saying? Indeed. Or the spectacles, whatever way you're talking about it. So I think the best is to discuss it with your eye doctor. And inshallah, they'll be able to give you the best advice uh, that is necessary. Inshallah. Number to call is 021 Another caller, VSC. Assalamu alaikum. Salam, doctor and uh, brother and the presenter. I wish to uh, please accept my humblest apology for my long, uh, you know, talk. I uh, and please apologize, please accept my my apology for my seeming indifference. I had no intention. I'm just carried away a little bit. Okay? No, 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 no Not problem. At all. At all. Thanks Not very much for your call. We do, we do appreciate your participation. Well, SMS lines are open on four seven nine one three. We still have another eight minutes or so in it, and uh, then also you can also give us a call zero two one double four two three five three if you have any issues uh, this evening. The topic was uh, right at the beginning of the show: a uh, stroke, and uh, doctors sketching out some very interesting facts around stroke also um, and another thing doctor is also is it too late uh, is it ever too late for a person who has you know been who is at the risk of stroke to change their lifestyle um, is there a po- is there a point of no return <laughs> <laughs> you're really putting me on the spot here I, I, I have to ask and unfortunately question. no you know the 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 basic answer is that if you have a situation so look for example one of the causes of a stroke would be a abnormal heartbeat that we refer to as atrial fibrillation okay so a lot of the studies that have been done on strokes have shown that people who have atrial fibrillation are more likely to develop strokes it doesn't say every person with atrial fibrillation is going to develop a stroke but if we have a patient with atrial fibrillation and especially if they have other risk factors like hypertension diabetes cholesterol then in that patient, we're going to put them onto something to prevent them from developing a, a, a clot that is going to go to the brain. You follow what I'm saying? Mm. But more than that, I don't think that there is uh, that there is any way of predicting. Uh, so even though we say diabetes, we say hypertension, not every hypertensive is going to develop a stroke. Not every diabetic is going to develop a stroke. Uh, so it's very difficult but we know that if you're diabetic and you've got cholesterol and you've got high blood pressure and you're a smoker then your chances are very high so we would recommend you go on to disprin now even in that situation disprin will prevent it in 50% and not prevent it in 50% but whether you fall into the 50% which it prevents it or the 50% that gets it, there's no way of predicting that for it, unfortunately. Inshallah. Uh, Doctor, also, um, just looking at uh, the topic broadly, when we, come, when we talk about um, diet and exercise, obviously we've said we, we, can't, we can't predict this. But I mean, well, this would, one would also advocate for people, 
who, who, who are at risk to at least start exercising. Um, the, 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 the reason why I'm saying this is that um, you find people say, oh, you know, there's nothing I, I can do. You, you, <laughs> I don't know if you're working for Virgin Active for, <laughs> for which particular company. No, uh, no, I think the broad principle you're making mm-hmm. is very well taken for Sikh and we all support it. Do you follow? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I think, inshallah, mm-hmm. if we can, we should be a nation mm-hmm. of exercise. And the more you exercise, the fitter you are, the less likely you are to get a heart attack. Remember, some people, while they're running and jogging, get their heart attack. Some people on mm-hmm. the tennis court get their heart attack, on the squash court. Do you follow what I'm saying? Exactly. exactly. So I think there's always two sides to the coin, unfortunately. Indeed. indeed. Uh, we, st- we have another caller on the line, the VSC. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Salam alaikum to you, doctor. Waalaikum salam. Uh, doctor, I'm a 72 year old, uh, 64 kilos from 89 kilos. I'm an emphysema sufferer, uh, also uh, high blood and diabetic, plus osteoarthritis and osteoporosis. I'm not going to say uh, I'm losing a lot of weight. Yes. I would like to know what the cause is of that. Probably the emphysema. From 89 years, I'm now down to 64 Yeah, years. it's most likely the emphysema. Yeah. That is causing you to lose weight like that. Okay. Unfortunately, you know, that's one of the, one of the effects that we see. Uh, and it may be because your breathing is so heavy that it's actually using up a lot of energy. You follow? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is the main reason why you're losing weight. Okay. Do you do you use an oxygen mask? Yes, I've got the. Uh, I'm on a nebulizer. Okay, and, and I've got five pumps I use. And do you do you have yes, home? the FM, the Benefit, and the Ashvent? Um, um, uh, right. Ibvent. Right. And do you have home oxygen? No, I don't, doctor. Okay. You might benefit from that. I don't know how to get a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should speak to your GP about it, inshallah. Uh-huh. Speak to your GP about it, inshallah. Yeah. When can I get it? Uh, from who can I get it? I'm not sure. He'll be, he'll be able to check out for you what's happening there. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. But you say it's due to the, the emphysema I that I'm losing weight? I think it's the most, most likely cause, yeah. Okay. Not due, right. uh, due to the diabetes. If the diabetes is controlled, then it's unlikely to cause weight loss, you know? But my diabetes, my diabetes is very high also, doctor. So are you on insulin or...? Uh, yes, I'm on insulin, yes. And you're taking it regularly? Yeah, I do. So then your sugar should be controlled, inshallah. But I don't know, doctor. One minute it's down and the next minute it's sky high. So are you eating irregularly? Not yeah, I'm not your... eating, what's the name, irregular yeah. well, meals. Well, look, if your sugar is not controlled, then that might be the reason why you're also losing weight. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay, doctor. All Shukran. Right. Enjoy your evening. See you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Wa I, th- I think we can safely say no more SMSs. This is the last one we're going to read before we do close the night surgery for this evening. Uh, this one, doctor, says 59-102 weight to uh, see hip clinic uh, applied tomorrow. Uh, cannot move in bed. Can the hip be the cause? Okay, so obviously this is a very overweight person uh, at 102 kilos 
And if there's pain in the hip, the chances are that that is the problem. And, you know, it's very likely to be what we call osteoarthritis of the hip. Uh, and if it is, then uh, the best treatment is going to be a hip replacement. Although in a person who's so overweight, it can be a very troublesome operation. And they might not offer surgery because of the anesthetic risk. Okay. But uh, it's quite possible that it's the hip and it's very likely to be osteoarthritis. And it's quite possible that the person may need a hip replacement if there's so much pain. Well, Doctor, I think uh, we can say shukran so much once again for coming in. And uh, we do appreciate Doctor's time. Uh, and shukran to everyone who's SMSed uh, on the program, Night Surgery. I think the doors finally closed and the sign, we switch off the sign for this evening. Um, inshallah, we'll be back uh, next week, same time, inshallah, in the slot. Uh, also, just before we do, um, just we, before we do uh, uh, close the show, I just want to say once again um, that when, whenever we, whenever we SMSing, when we're calling in, um, the one thing that I find amazing is that there are people out there who really can make you can 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 find can see the value in the advice that is provided on the show. And uh, once again, whenever we're listening to people, these are people with real issues, with real health problems, health concerns, and expressing their concerns. And Alhamdulillah, it makes us also we also we also grateful for the fact that Alhamdulillah, sometimes we can see that perhaps I'm someone who's just mathematic who's got high blood pressure and then I see someone who's a condition who's even worse off than I am so Alhamdulillah it makes us grateful for what Allah subhanahu wa has uh, given us as well inshallah. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah once again doctor shukran all the best and safe trip home inshallah and uh, uh, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa